0: This is the Western Obsessions TV podcast, where hunting's not a hobby, it's an obsession. All right, guys, this podcast is brought to you by The Top Predator, a fitness archery challenge. Win up to $10,000 in gear and prizes, winner takes all. The registration is now open at thetoppredator.com. All right, guys, welcome to the Western Obsessions TV podcast. I am your host, Kurt Belding. I've got a guest on the show today. His name is Matt Tezak. Matt has been in the hunting industry for over 20-plus years, affiliated with ReadyWise, First Light, Box Coolers, amongst a bunch of other brands. He is also a chef, and we're going to talk about some recipes and some good cooking stuff. He's always posting good-looking food Like a little bit, I say good looking food and some other people might call that food porn on uh, Facebook. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Matt, man, how's it going, dude?
1: Good. Yeah. Yeah, Happy, happy Sunday morning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. We're, uh, we're, we're guys, we're doing this at 8am on a Sunday, which is a little early on a Sunday. We may have some sleep in our eyes, but we're excited. We want to, we want to talk about some hunting and some food and some good stuff.
1: Yeah, man. It was uh yeah, we had a good night, late night. We we had the uh Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation banquet here in in western Colorado. So uh, uh lots of fun last night and lots of great things for wildlife, you know, donations and mm-hmm. sales of guns and other gear. And so that was cool. Got to I, did hang they, out with some cool people. Did they have this last year due to COVID or last couple of years? Um so last year was yes, they did. It was on a different scale. I was kind of outside um type of an event, but um mm. it, yeah, it wasn't any anywhere near like it was and has been in the past. Yeah, how was it this year? Was it pumping pretty good? It was awesome. Yeah, was awesome. lot lots of lots of money flowing and yeah
0: and and both is needed for in the hunting industry right now (laughs) Uh,
1: so i think the drinks made the money flow is really what it was absolutely yeah Yeah. no it was cool man it was it was cool
0: yeah right on man well yeah hey let's jump into some stuff man um me and you we, we started to become friends over last year i think we kind of started working together but You've been yeah. in the industry for a long time, man. You kind of know some things about it. Uh, talk to me about yeah. it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a crazy industry. I mean, uh, you know, and really it seems like um, it's a big industry, but when it's all said and done, it's really very tight-knit and, and small. Uh, everybody kind of knows everyone that's in the industry, and, you know, we all talk. Um, most of the people that have been in it are – They've been in it for a long time and, you know, they've either been with different companies here and there, or they've stayed with the same brands, you know, so that's kind of how I got into it. Um, 20, yeah, it's been about, wow, 20 some years ago. And um, I started out with Sitka um, just kind of as a brand ambassador um, back in the day and, you know, moved up the ranks with Sitka and um, and then left Sitka after about 10 years and then went to uh, some other brands, started with First Light after that, and then jumped into some some other brands um, and mm-hmm. love every minute of it. It's It's been fun.
0: Yeah, man, especially yeah. when you get to be in the industry that you love, you know, like yeah. obviously I know you do pretty well now, and I know you love yeah. hunting and maybe just obsessed about it as I am. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You get to play around the industry too. So that's great, man. How have you, how have you seen the industry changed over the last 20 years? Cause I've definitely seen it changes from the outside oh, looking in, but being inside, how's that changed, man?
1: Yeah, I would say, um, you know, you see brands come and go all the time. Um, you know, and it's whether they just don't have the right marketing programs and, you know, the right people running some of the, the, the sales and marketing behind the brand. Um, but I would say the biggest piece that I've seen change is is just the uh advancement and technology of of different gear. Um, you know, I mean, rifles are getting lighter every day. I mean, you know, uh we just gave away a a rifle from Viking armament here in, in western Colorado. They're a gun manufacturer and that thing weighs like seven pounds. I mean, it was it was crazy, you know. So things like that and now with you know um bluetooth incorporated into range finders and scopes and you know and now they communicate together and you <laughs> can dial things in and um you know and then obviously the technology just with uh you know equipment like um uh, like you know the first light gear and things i mean that's you know, the technology behind a lot of the, the gear, um, on concealment and, uh, scent control, scent management, you know, that sort of thing is, I think it's just awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah. a lot of science behind it too. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, there's definitely been a, a big
0: 20 years ago. We look at just camo alone to where it is now. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty big difference. And you posted, there was the first light. I can't remember what the name was, the hoodie.
1: With oh, the, the new origin, yeah, the yeah. new origin hoodie, yeah. I, I had to buy it, dude. I got it. Oh, <laughs> I am, I'm telling you, like I have one in every color, and um, you know, cause you have to, right? Of course. Um, but yeah, that thing is awesome. I mean, just the overall uh fit and feel of it, you know, is is great. Um, and I'll be using it uh, next Saturday for you know, cause our turkey season. Um, opens up on Saturday. So yeah, it yeah, will definitely be my piece to use.
0: <laughs> yeah. I definitely had to get, get myself one too. I'm a, I like first light too. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that,
1: but yeah, you, you, you texted me and said you were going to get it.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did <laughs> probably right then and there. <laughs> you know, <right>? yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Nice. Okay. So Viking Armand, I've heard you talk about those guys a little bit and um, yeah. let's, you know, let's talk, that's a new company coming up how where was yeah. going this.
1: well so they've they've been in business for um about five or six years now here in western Colorado. They've had some management changes um and uh the new owners uh they're friends of mine, and I went to school with them back in high school and college and um you know so good to reconnect on that on that side and that front but um you know really uh just kind of changing the way that, you know, guns are made, Um, you know, using a lot of local uh, manufacturers here to, you know, obviously help with jobs and and things like that. But, you know, just overall, um, you know, it's that technology piece, right? I mean, they're, they're really kind of dialing in the the materials that they use and, and different, um, you know, like carbon fiber barrels and, you know, um, you know, things like that, just lightweight, lightweight products that, you know, guys are hacking in the rifles, you know, 10, 15 miles. Um, mm-hmm. The owner has a, a guide service in Alaska, so um, he does a lot of guiding in uh, the Yukon and, and some of those areas. So, you know, having quality equipment, you know, clear back in the backcountry is, is huge, right? I mean, when you're back that far, 10, 15 miles, you can't have any of that stuff fail on you, right? Mm-hmm. Including including gear, you know and so I think that's you know I'm I'm the guy that back in the day which I'm sure you are I mean that you were wearing jeans or car hearts or you know some kind of bib or coverall or something you know and and um man I don't even know how we hunted in that stuff back in the day <laughs> you know it's still I I always had told myself you know I wish that there was a company that had made, uh, and this is a totally true story. Wish there was a company that made, you know, mountain climbing gear, you know, um, because I, back in high school and college, I did a lot of mountain climbing and stuff like that here in Colorado, obviously with all the 14ers and everything we have. And, um, I was always, you know, using, um, like mountain hardware at North face and, know just different brands like that because it was great quality equipment and you know you knew you could kind of push it a little further than jeans and other things and you know and then all of a sudden i went to a gander mountain and i saw this big display of of sitka product and i'm like whoa this is this is exactly what i was thinking you know i was like sweet i should have started this myself (laughs) that type of thing you know, and, and bought like every single piece that Sitka had there at Gander Mountain. And, uh, you know, so it's just one of those things that having that quality gear, um, you know, in the back country is, is a huge key. And I I honestly think it makes you more successful, right? Because you don't have to, you don't have to think about any of that stuff when you're out, out in the field. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that the only
0: thing that ner- makes me, and I'm not, I'm not a b- big gun guy, I don't know a ton about guns, but the only thing that makes me a little bit nervous is, uh, obviously, the lighter, the better when it is packing in a long ways, of course, but yeah. the recoil
1: of a light gun is the only thing that makes me nervous. On so, that. yeah, so so um, the thing with a lot of these rifles, they're co- coming with the muzzle brakes, you know, and yeah. so being able to have the you know, different types of muzzle brakes added onto the, um, to the barrels, I mean, makes a huge difference. And then, you you know, you start adding, you know, a silencer and, and different things. Obviously you're adding more weight with the silencer, but I mean, some of these things are so light that, um, you're, you're really not getting that or seeing that recoil. Um, and it, you know, takes away a lot of that. Yeah. I would love to shoot one of those was, would you say six, seven pound gun, six pound gun? Seven seven pound gun. Seven yeah. pound Obviously minus I mean that was minus the scope, so it's gonna be right around eight pounds. I mean, you know, most most synthetic and wood stock rifles are ten, twelve, fourteen pounds with a scope. So oh, yeah, yeah. So it's half the weight, half the weight um some of these Viking rifles. Yeah. Well that's
0: exciting. we we'll definitely I'll definitely have to Come yeah, we hang out with you at Viking one day and shoot a couple guns. <laughs> yeah. I've shot, a, I've shot a couple of them and they're pretty sweet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Another awesome. company that you actually hooked me up with a coolers, uh, goat box coolers
1: yeah. pretty cool cooler,
0: man. Cool. Like yeah, organization uh,
1: systems. Yeah. Goat is, uh, kind of the up and coming new cooler system. Um, you know, really you know, it's not it's not your everyday cooler. That's for sure. It's one of those things that, um, you know, the the cool technology that uh, Goat designed with the cans. So there's four cans, um, on, two on each side of the cooler, and that's really um, you know for uh, storage, gear storage, dry storage, uh, and organization. So, you know, one of the biggest um, complaints that people have about any kind of cooler out there is that they're their dry products you know after the ice melts a bit it gets wet you know if they don't have a some kind of a way to keep that stuff off the off the ice and so um with the cans the product stays you know it will still stay um warm or cold in the pods on each side um but yeah you can really really dial in your organization with that um and so it's it's really effective especially like for you know because you and me and a lot of us we travel all over the place hunting most of the time we're driving everywhere to you know on on all these different hunts and you know like we'll be turkey hunting one week and bear hunting somewhere the next weekend or or whatever it might be you know or even just deer or elk hunting and and so having um you know all that gear uh stored and and organized in the cans and the cooler that you you can actually see it right i mean that's the biggest thing is you can not only have it organized but you can see it in in the cans um you know and that's just easy access right there with the with the cooler yeah yeah absolutely yeah by
0: looking at the cooler that you gave me i could definitely see that and Matt's always, he's a a good dude to always know what the new latest kind of gear coming (laughs) up. I always make sure I uh, talk to Matt, hey, what's new? What's going on? Give me, give me the scoop on some
1: new gear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, I mean, that's kind of what, you know, I I get a lot of companies reach out to me and they, they ask for, uh, you know, my thoughts and feedback on new products that they're going to launch or, you know, thinking about launching or, You know, or I'm just kind of, because I've been in the industry for so long, I just kind of am intertwined into a lot of these groups that, you know, and guys in the industry that are, uh, you know, designing new product. And so they're like, Hey, you know, can you, can you help us get that out there or, you know, whatever. I mean, like the hard side hydration guys, right. I mean, those guys are, they're crushing it right now. I mean, super cool dudes, um, they're in the Midwest and they have, this patented design, where it's, um, you know, the the lid that screws onto your wide-mouth Nalgene bottles that you can actually, um, they have a whole uh, entire hose system that screws on, onto the Nalgene bottles, and and you can run that instead of running, uh, you know, your your bladder and your backpack or whatever. So it's really, <clears throat> like for me, the biggest thing is you you know, you know, if you're making a quick trip, like you know, you're doing a Saturday turkey hunt, right? And you got this three liter bladder that you have to fill or whatever. It's like, dude, I don't want to carry three liters of water with me while I'm turkey hunting. I'm like, that's, yeah, that doesn't even make sense, right? It's not like I'm going to be hiking 20 miles today to do a turkey hunt. So it's, you know, you just have this, this, uh, you know, your 40 ounce Nalgene bottle or whatever, 32 ounces and screw that on and you're all set. So it's just cool stuff like that. I, I love it. You know, I mean, and we talk you and I talk about this all the time. There's there's always new product coming out, but if it's not unique and not um exciting for me, I kind of don't jump on that. You know, it's gotta be it's gotta be something different. If it's just a Me Too thing, then yeah, I'm not really not really down for that. Yeah,
0: and I like gear. Um, I'm the type of guy that uh, I don't get too excited about new gear. I mean, I, I like gear. Gear obviously helps you hunt more. But I'm the my philosophy is like, hey, I can go out and kill something with a plain old rifle and uh, some plain old camo, Walmart camo, whatever it is. I'll go out and hunt. Yeah. Now, <laughs> granted, uh, my chances might be a little less with if I'm not shooting a good gun or a bow or my camel, I might not stay as
1: dry as warm.
0: You're right. But like, I could still go kill something,
1: you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Totally. I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't necessarily think it helps you harvest an animal. Um, but it helps you be more comfortable when you're out there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like for me, the biggest thing is I don't want to have to worry about, you know, if, if you're somewhere and, you get wet. I don't want to have to worry about that. Or all of a sudden, you know, you're out hiking and you're five, 10 miles back somewhere and it starts snowing. And it's like, oh man, now we have to go back to the truck or go back to camp or whatever it is. You know, I don't want to have to, like literally any more of that stuff doesn't even come into play with me. I mean, if it's, you know, we'll, we'll be uh, late season elk hunting and I, I have I, I have friends that I take hunting all the time and they come with me and it's one of those things. It's like, if we're going to go hunting late season, winter time, I mean, we're usually in a foot or two feet of snow. Right. And it's like, if you guys don't have the right gear to come with me, then you probably shouldn't come because I mean, we're out all day long and, and it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you,
0: it's... Don't, you don't want them to come if they don't have the right gear because now you got to maybe someone that, is miserable and you got to leave at some point go back to the truck go back to camp whatever you don't have the right gear
1: yeah 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 and sometimes I get to the point where um and and (laughs) I'm sure my friends are going to watch this so (laughs) they're going to be like what's up man (laughs) but it's but it's like sometimes I'm, I'm like because I have all the stuff with me in my backpack it's like look just bring your backpack you don't need to bring extra knives you don't have to bring you know all this other stuff just make sure you're outfitted with the right stuff to stay warm and dry and have the right boots i mean you know but i've got the rest of the stuff i mean i have friends that own you know companies that do game bags and you know shelters and you know things like that so it's one of those it's one of those aspects that's we're pretty dialed in for you know the things that we need um but but like like the gear piece so i'm i'm like that for for cooking right I mean as a chef you see like all of these you're like oh man that's a cool gadget that can you know you can core an apple or you can do this or do that and it's like wait I can do all that with a knife yeah. so I so I am I, I love gear for hunting but when it comes to the, the kitchen I am not a gadget guy I mean like my wife and other people will say oh hey this would be a cool gadget for the kitchen I'm like nope I don't need it. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, let's let's segue the segue into
0: you being a chef, which also, by the way, yeah. got some, uh, great. I'm sure you got some great wild game recipes. Maybe you can share one or two at some point. <laughs> sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I um I don't I, I honestly like back in um man, it was like two thousand and one or two thousand and two um I started watching the Food Network. I mean, it was you know Emeril Lagasse and Martha Stewart, and that was pretty much it, you know. And so I was just like in the evening time, I'd get home from work and I would just like tune in to the Food Network, and that's all I did. And I'm like, this is awesome, right? I'm like, how does how does the chef go from being a chef in a restaurant, you know, and having all kinds of success, and then all of a sudden now he's on TV? I'm like, this this would be cool, <laughs> you know. So I went to culinary school in um, Boulder, Colorado, and graduated with a culinary degree, and um, I just wanted to do it just because I could, and I had the time. I took the classes at night, you know, for even from doing my day-to-day job, and um, I loved it. I loved just the, just the whole process of it. It was kind of like art, you know, for me, because I in high school and college I did a lot of painting and sculpture and and different things and so it was kind of I stopped doing that and so then it was kind of you know my release of being having that artistic release you know and and still staying artistic so it was you know learning flavor techniques and profile you know flavor profiles and plate plating and all kinds of different um different aspects you know in in the culinary world and then my instructor I kind of got hooked up with my instructor to where he was running a uh, um uh his own uh, catering service and, and so I worked with him and you know doing some different things and then it just kind of branched out that I started um, doing some private um, dinners and um, all kinds of all kinds of fun stuff, you know and then it just kind of jumped into the wild game side where I really I kept seeing that like all this stuff, you know where oh, I cooked this venison or I cooked this elk and it was horrible because you know that I overcooked it or you know whatever it might have been and, um, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to really focus on wild game because obviously hunting is my passion. I love cooking as a hobby. Um, you know, and so I really wanted to be an expert, um, on wild game, cooking wild game.
0: Yeah. Which obviously that fits perfectly for your personality. Right. Yeah. uh, And you're right. Like it, you know, it's, part of the being an artist part that side that you tap into that side of your brain. I have that side. Also, my thing is putting together the a hunting show. That's how I release my yeah. art, Right. That's and I'm awesome. not, I, I mean, I'm humbled to say that I'm not great at it yet that, uh, you know, as an artist, but I'm every day I'm learning, just like I'm sure you did through culinary school on how to put together that episode to entertain someone. better. Yeah. But yeah. I'm excited. I think we, we may have some things in the future between me and you and a hunting, cooking, wild game show. And yeah. I, you're right, man. Like, obviously, we live on a lot of wild game here in my household. And I'll have a cookout uh, once a summer and bring a bunch of friends, and it's all wild game. Yeah. But there's always, you know, that little group of friends that are like, oh, I don't know about trying this. I don't know. I didn't really like wild game last time I ate it. And then they start eating things. It's like, wait, this is wild game too? I'm like, yeah. You just gotta right. cook it right. Cause you just don't, Yeah, it's either like, it's either amazing or it's horrible if you just yep. you don't cook it right. Right.
1: Well, and, and I mean, for people and not just because I post on social media, but I mean, anytime someone comes to my house, they expect it to be, you know, elk or bison or moose or whatever, you know, whatever they expect that if they're coming for dinner, they're getting some kind of wild game product. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's and it, and it is, it's true. I mean, we, we eat wild game all the time. I mean, and now we have, I mean, you know, we, I got a moose last year and a, and a bison last year. And so we have just a freezer rocked full of rocked full of meat. So um, yeah, it's, I love it. I mean, that's really like, I get, my wife she'll ask me do you need help in the kitchen i'm like nope, i'm good just this is my this is my my space and you know this is my creative time <laughs> <laughs> it's my my me time <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's it's cool I, and i get people you know especially now with like the hunting season starting um like turkey season you know pretty much has kicked off in a lot of places and it kicks off next weekend here in colorado and so I literally start getting blown up on message messenger and, you know, DMs asking for, Hey, what's your wild Turkey recipe? You know, how should I cook this, you know, Turkey? I mean, and, um, I would say the number one to share something with you. And the number one thing with wild Turkey is it dries out super fast. And, and so, um, I always always recommend that you brine your turkey, whether it's wild game or even just you know a store bought turkey. But you really have to brine that turkey, you know. And it's a salt sugar um, mix solution with some. I like to add a lot of citrus, so lemon, oranges, uh, things like that, and you know, have it in a bucket, a food safe bucket or or cooler. Cooler works too, you know, and at least brine it for twenty four hours that's the biggest, that's the biggest takeaway and key about cooking any kind of wild um, bird uh, or even, you know, a store-bought bird or anything like that, just brine it. Yeah, they do dry out faster than, because they're leaner than any other
0: animal, you know, they dry out really fast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same thing (laughs) with uh, me and my household is I do all the wild game cooking, Nice. And, but for my birthday this year, my wife made up some elk steaks with Sweet. like a real nice berry wine kind of sauce. And it was really nice. good. That, that <laughs> sounds awesome. Yeah. So what do you think, man? Do you think um, Western Obsessions TV should have a, uh, a cooking segment?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the cool thing about the, um, some of the stuff that we've talked about, I think that it really, um, I think it lends necessary to your viewers because a lot of people, you know, even even if they're experienced hunters, some of them still don't know how to actually cook wild game or cook it in different ways, right? I mean, you get guys that, hey, I just got an elk and I'm just going to have it all made up into burger. It's like, wait, what? You have 300 pounds of burger? I'm like, no, that's uh, that you okay well, good for you, but <laughs> you need to like you know <laughs> kinda kind of step out on the ledge and and try some different things, you know, like even with elk steak or um you know there's all kinds of different cuts and um one of my i think one of my favorites for elk is doing uh buco. so it's um you know the shanks and uh you know braise those for six eight ten hours and and uh, that just becomes super tender and flavorful, which yeah. is weird because it's it's a horrible cut, right? I mean, it's one of it's one of the worst cuts you could you yeah, could even yeah. think about eating as a the shank or the the you know the lower part of the arm or leg of the of the animal. But dude, if you braise it all day long in red wine and all kinds of aromatics and herbs and things like that, I mean, it's it's amazing. You're making me hungry, man. right (laughs) it's breakfast it's breakfast time (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) you know one thing that I just discovered my mom got me a pressure cooker so yeah awesome yeah so those tough cuts like that lower limb where before I was like man I didn't even want to deal with it because it had so many tendons and got tough and now I just throw in the pressure cooker for a couple hours and it just falls off the bone, and uh, maybe I'll do like a barbecue, like a pulled pork, but pulled deer, elk barbecue, or yeah, or totally. something like that. You know, yeah, nice. Do you do you do a a smoker? Do you have a smoker? I do. I don't do not
1: call myself an expert smoker by no means, but I have one and I play around with it. <laughs> I, I I would have to say I was never a fan of a um, a pellet smoker. Until a few years ago, uh, we bought one, and oh my gosh, I, that thing has, it's awesome. I mean, I, and I'm always looking for a bigger and, and better one. You know, I have a pretty good size uh, Traeger, a uh, big pro Traeger, and um, I love that thing. It's, I'm always cooking something on it. Not just wild game, but I, I love doing um, elk burgers and bison burgers on the smoker. I mean, it's fantastic. Oh yeah, just the flavor flavors of that smoke
0: getting into that meat, man.
1: Yeah, can't
0: beat that for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I would say one of my, I mean, obviously, you know, like it's kind of the the prime cut, you know, uh, an elk backstrap or any any wild game backstrap or tenderloin, you know, is is amazing. Uh, and I would say one of my favorites is um, doing like a tenderloin and, you know, sous it in a sous vide machine and then smoking it on the, on the grill. So I kind of do this different step process, but I do a whole, so I do the whole entire piece, you know, and, uh, and then serve it either super fancy and die, you know, cut it up into medallions and make all kinds of sauce and different things with it. Or, um, my dad, when, when he was alive, he, uh, One of the things he loved the most was I would do that, like with a tenderloin or backstrap, and I would slice it super thin, and we would do um, sliders with like a horseradish cream sauce on it. Oh Oh, my Mm -hmm. god, that's like I could eat that every day for lunch. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, this is uh, something I used to do,
0: and I still do once in a while, but it's kind of cheating a little bit. Is Bacon wrapped
1: or bacon stuffed, anything goes really yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's just, and it's, and it's just to help keep that moisture, right? I mean, it's, and, and because wild game is so lean, you have to have that fat in there to, to help keep it from drying out. So it's, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah. I mean, it, bacon always, always works well with wild game because of that. Yeah. It's always a, a fan favorite too when have a barbecue. So, you, so man, what what hunts do you have coming up this year? You have you have a bunch of stuff, dude. I, I think do. you when you when you text me your list, you have like forty hunts coming up this year. <laughs> not really, not that many, but <clears throat> I know it's a lot. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So
0: in April, I go back to Hawaii. I went I went to Hawaii last year, and I only hunted for a day there, but I I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Just the scenery, hunting axis deer. They're they're super cool, especially when they're in the rut making they make some kind of like a um like a
1: screamy bugle kind of like thing noise. Oh I heard the cool. meat is just phenomenal. I like oh. I've I've had guys tell me, in fact, I think uh maybe it was you telling me when we were at the sportsman's expo show that it's some of the like prized most prized meat and that's you know, the deer species of of all deer. Oh yeah. I would say
0: uh axis deer is right up there with elk. It's ju- I mean on the same playing field. Fall uh, awesome. deer is really good too but ax they're just yeah, awesome meat, man. Nice. Um so I'll do I'm going to Hawaii in April. Um I'm going to do some axis deer hunting, uh some sheep hunting there, maybe some deep sea fishing while I'm there. Sweet. And then, in, and then I'm gone like all May. I feel bad for my wife. I'm de- I'm definitely going to hire a nanny, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> come over. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm so in May. I'm going to Mexico on a ghouls turkey hunt, uh, and then I'm turning around going to Canada on a bear hunt. Uh, right.
1: So I'm pretty much. And that's gone, in. Uh, weren't you? Isn't it like in Saskatchewan or something? Yeah. 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 That's cool, man. Yeah. Super remote um
0: i think we might be able to do some fishing there too but you know between get, getting some fish some red meat some bear fat man we're gonna be pretty stocked <laughs> right yeah. yeah So that's just for the spring um speaking of spring since i know hey you, you mentioned turkey season's about to pop off here in colorado let's jump into some like um maybe some turkey tactics or gear that turkey and spring bear right I know yeah. Colorado,
1: we don't have spring bear here, but yeah, a lot of guys are
0: spring bear hunting this time of year.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, Turkey, spring Turkey starts or has started in a lot of places, but it starts here in Colorado next week. And so, um, you know, it's spring, spring seasons are kind of weird, right? Especially here in the West. And, and you know that cause you've hunted in Colorado forever. I mean, so it's one of those things that in the mornings you could have some super cold temperatures, even, you know, snow or rain. Right. And then in the afternoon, I mean, like yesterday here in Western Colorado is 77 degrees. So, you know, it could be just these crazy temperature swings. Um, you know, obviously for me, I, I do first light. Um, and you know, we're really not in some crazy terrain, uh for spring turkey so um i i actually wear the obsidian um foundry pants so they're more of a wool blended pant um really don't wear any base layers underneath that one so you know definitely keeps you warm in the mornings and and nice and cool in the evening time so a lot of ventilation going on there um and then um pretty much just a t-shirt like a oh you know the the wick 150 first light so everything's first light for me um so just the wick base layer and then you know the new, new origin hoodie uh and then um i in the mornings i'd probably be rocking uh the the catalyst vest or something like that and then you know shed that about 10 o'clock 9, nine 10 o'clock or something when the temperatures start to warm up you know and you start feeling those uh thermals coming up and stuff just shed that and be good
0: yeah and it is weird you know this time of year um uh, because you're right it could be super cold or it could be super hot so i mean yeah. obviously check the weather before you guys go out hunting but that weather can change pretty quick so i just bring yeah. the backpack man you know i'll layer up then layer down as it gets hot stuff everything in the backpack but um yeah. i as far as like let's just talk about turkey for uh, just for now, and we can jump into bear. You you'll, you probably know more about bear hunting than I do. I don't. I'm not that experienced in bear hunting. But for turkey hunting, I will bring. You know, I like to decoy. Uh, I don't really like sitting in a tent blind because I feel like I'm too stationary. So I'll run and gun there, and I'll bring three different calls. I got a box call. I got the scratcher. I got a mouth call. Um, just because there's different. You know, the box calls more. I use for locating, uh, using the scratch pad or scratch blocks. Um, gives you a little better sound, I feel, to bring them in, and then mouth call yeah. as they start getting closer, so I can be hands free. That's kind of my tactic there. Um, but what about you, man? Uh,
1: what do you do? Uh, yeah, so I mean, I I typically am not hunting turkey by myself. There's usually two or three of us, and um, and and we're all running calls, right? I mean, so like I do really well with a a read call, a mouth call, um, and then I've got you know, friends that do well with slate calls, and, and we have, you know, some different, because you can have different slates, different, uh, different scratch on the slates, things like that, you know, based on, on what you're, um, what you're trying to accomplish, and, and obviously the distance, right, I mean, that's, so that's a huge key, I mean, we're, you know, we've been scouting, and we're always scouting, you know, a month or a few weeks um, before the season starts, so we're, you know, definitely checking out the, the birds on the roost and understanding you know the kind of their roosting pattern and and when they're coming off the roost and going back to the roost and things like that based on you know water and and right now um you know we're hunting at snow line right i mean so a lot of the turkeys are they've moved down and they're just below snow line and they'll follow that you know so as that snow starts to melt they'll actually work their way higher you know, and, uh, and they do that because of the feed and, and things like that, but they're always going to come down and water, you know, off the roost. And so it's really, you know, just, it's just like, it's like a uh, big game hunting, you know, you're really trying to pattern those birds and understand, um, kind of where they're, where they're coming from and, and where they're going to, um, one, one thing that I, I just learned not too long ago, I was watching a, a couple programs, um, was on youtube or something but was watching a couple of things that guys were talking about that it actually is um works against you to try to try to call the birds off a roost which i i honestly i didn't know that i mean maybe there's guys out there that know you know knew that or whatever but i'm like oh i was like no wonder why sometimes i have a hard time <laughs> you know? it's like oh you shouldn't be doing that you know and so um you know they're going to come off the i mean these guys we're talking about they're going to come off the roost when they want to come off the roost you can't force them to come off the roost you know and it's and it's their own internal clock that gets them to come off of that so um so I was like, like oh okay well and you know and I I as you know I don't have patience I mean I <laughs> I don't have patience to to sit there and wait and wait and wait and I too like you I I don't like sitting a, in any kind of blind there's just no way I mean, I'm will sit underneath the tree for a bit or you know, something like that with a with a decoy out or decoys out in front of us or something, you know. But yeah, I don't I don't like being stationary for for too long. Yeah, and
0: I've I've made that mistake is trying to call off the off the roost. And it seems that uh you know, I've actually were, was successful a few times in Nebraska doing it, but the only time it, I felt like I was successful is when it was just um, you know, toms on the roost. If there's any hens in the roost with a thom, there's you're not going to pull that tom away from the hens, right? So,
1: um, no. And I I have noticed, and I, I learned this from my father-in-law because he's he's an awesome turkey hunter. I mean, he knows turkeys really well, and he uh, was telling me that it's it's if we can. So we always we always go like full full blast like the first couple weeks of the season um because you know those those toms haven't really hinned up all that much I mean they're just kind of getting into the swing of things right for the rut or whatever you want to call it the mating season and so um you know after that it's it's super hard to call uh toms off the hens and um so we you know we really that's why I'm excited for next Saturday because it's the first day and I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready to go turkey. <laughs> yeah. And turkey hunting is a lot of fun, man.
0: And it, it compares a lot to elk hunting where they're super vocal and you can yeah communicate with them back and forth. And you kind of have similar setups a lot of times too to an elk. You have someone can call behind you as you sit up closer.
1: And yeah. It's very similar to elk hunting. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Un- unlike bear hunting where it's not at all, not anywhere a close to anything that you do. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> bear, bear hunt, spring bear hunting is, it's hard, it's crazy. Yeah. And bear hunting here in Colorado is a little bit more difficult anyway
0: because of, there's no baiting of the bear. So yeah. it's a lot yeah. of glassing, a lot of spot and stock, which is a lot of fun. I love hunting like that too, but it's, yeah. it's a little challenging.
1: Uh, what do you usually do for bear hunting, Matt? Um, well, since, well, I mean, I hunt bear in the fall here in Colorado um you know since we can't spring bear hunt um which I think is a whole another topic but whatever (laughs) Uh, um you know uh so I typically go to Idaho and hunt with some friends in Idaho for spring bear um I am usually up in the northern Idaho uh area hunting spring bear and so um you know lots of lots of crazy uh conditions up there I mean we've been up there and it's been you know still three four feet of snow in some areas and there's still roads that are closed you know old old uh, logging roads that are closed and things like that because you know you're kind of pushing that snow snow level Um, but that's where the spring you know the bears are coming out for spring they're they're coming out of the dens. They're, you know, eating the little yellow—I can't remember the name of the flowers—but all the little yellow flowers and the fresh uh, grass, pea shoots, and and onions that are popping up. And so they're just, you know, they're just foraging on all of that stuff. You know, mushrooms. Um, and so it's really, it's a lot of that country is a lot of up and down. I mean, it's it's some insane country, and um, you know, so you know, I, I know you're a big fitness dude and, and, you know, all the, you know, exercising and everything and getting in shape and you would definitely have to be in shape for that country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I enjoy that type of hunting and I don't know if I'll enjoy that type of hunting forever,
0: but right now I like that physical hunt. Uh, I mean, obviously I'll take a giving if I'm, if I don't have to be physical, I'll do it, but right. I enjoy it. I enjoy kind of testing yeah. my limits to go, it seems like you know if I had an more animal
1: rewarding right kind of it kind of feel it kind of feels more rewarding that's exactly it, man. If I had an animal
0: where like, all right, he's a hundred yards off, I only got to hike a hundred yards, but it's the same animal's five miles back, I want to go after the animal five miles back, yeah, know?
1: totally yeah. I don't know
0: what it is it's just that it's more rewarding, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: sense of accomplishment. yeah it's 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 an interesting um yeah, you should come. You should come spring bear hunting sometime because it's a whole different beast. I mean, you're you're literally you know up on these ridge lines and you're glassing for hours and hours and hours. And one second it could be beautiful weather, and the the next second the fog could roll in and it's snowing. And I mean, it's so I never know. I I I probably pack way too much gear because I never know what the the weather's gonna be like. You know, it's snowing raining a mix of all that you know and then so that you've got totes of gear in your truck (laughs) because you have to kind of plan for all of it yeah and that's
0: that's kind of been my mo uh especially early in my hunting is like i brought way too much gear with me my pack's way too heavy you know there's that thing is like oh i might need this or i might need that i need this but i think the more you hunt, the more you realize
1: you don't really need everything. Like try to stay yeah, super right. basic as you can, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's funny. That's kind of um, like, I get uh, messages all the time, you know, cause I, I manage a lot of the first light stuff um, on, on the ambassador piece and guys asking me gear questions all the time of, well, Hey, I'm doing this kind of a hunt. What, what do I need? And, you know, a lot of them are super surprised because they think that they need to have five different layers on and, you know, this sort of thing. And I'm like, no, wait, I was like, the whole point is to have less, but stay warm and dry, you know, because these pants perform this way. And, you know, this base layer added with this outer you know, or mid layer shell, whatever it performs, you know, this way. And, and so, you know, once you, and, and a lot of guys are hesitant to do that, right. I mean, cause it's, it's out of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody's different. So I mean, you could get warm super quick, quick. Or you know, I'm a big guy. I I get warm pretty fast. You know, so for me, I hate jackets. I I don't like. I I will only wear a jacket if I have to, and that's like. You know, it has to get down super cold, like bitter cold. I I mean, I'm I'm running like a base layer and a vest, and that's it. I just don't like that. I don't like feeling all you know, bunched up and everything with a jacket. Sure. Yeah. Well, I know that the only time I really use a
0: a bigger jacket or a down or a puffy is when I'm sitting on a rock ledge, you know, something up high, I'm exposed to the wind glassing. That's the only time I really use it also. Yeah. But then I still got to pack it up, pack it down, you know, take it with me to use it. And I'm, you know, only using it during usually one or if I'm whitetail hunting, obviously I'll <laughs> I'll <Hilarity. Yeah>. later <laughs> for that's sure.
1: Something, you know what? That's something. I'm glad you brought that up. I've I've never I've never whitetail hunted. I've always wanted to, but I've never done it. Oh, really? Maybe that we should do that this year. No, it's uh, you know, you and I and Gil were talking about that when we were at the show about doing a a whitetail hunt, and it it would be fun. I just I don't I don't know a lot about whitetail. Um, I honestly it so it's kind of cool because you know there's a lot of people that want to come out west from the midwest and the east coast that want to hunt you know do a, like a western big game type of hunt and so yeah doing something like that for me would be kind of out of my wheelhouse so um definitely would look to you guys for that sort of thing because i don't know what to do
0: yeah it's a different game man it's a it's a mental game uh, quite a bit is you know i grew up whitetail hunting and then i came out and and I glorified the Western hunt. I wanted to go do the Western type of hunting. And I absolutely love the Western type of hunting. And even now I'm still like, yeah, white tail hunting, whatever. I'll go. <laughs> you know. But you guys that grew up in the West are like, glorify the white tail hunting and love to white tail hunt. And I get it, man. We just had different experiences growing up. Yeah. But really, it's a different game. It's a mental game because, you know, the best type of white tail hunting, uh, you know, I do a lot of archery whitetail hunting. And you sit in the rut. The rut is the most exciting time for white to hunt because you don't know what you're going to get when you're going to get it. But that's awesome. You sit between a couple bedding areas or bedding and feeding area. And but the mental toughness is sitting still for hours and hours and hours on end. And you're not moving. So you don't get to like go hike to get warm. And right? you're doing all this up in the tree too. Yeah. Up in a tree. Yeah, camp. you're usually up yeah. in a tree. Yeah. Um, so I mean I've hunted from the ground a few times, but you're usually yep. up in a tree, kind of exposed. You know, you got to layer up, stay warm, have good insulated boots because your feet get cold, you're done. So it's more, but it's more mentally tough. Like, man, I got to sit here since, you know, 8 a.m. or some daybreak today yeah. to, to dusk. You know, you're sitting there for so 12 you have hours. To have patience. But, patience, man. Uh-oh. 12 hours, no moving. That might man. be tough. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I would say that I, I get in really good elk shape, you know, when I'm hunting elk, I could drop 15 pounds on an elk hunt and then I go whitetail hunting and I gain 15 pounds cuz I bring all the
1: snacks and <laughs> right? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. You're not burning yeah. any calories. You're just sitting still, you know. I I so so I kind of I dig it. I love the idea about doing that with you because um last year I have I had never uh done any kind of ocean sport fishing or anything like that. And, and last year my wife and I we went to Mexico. And, um, you know, and, and I'll be honest, like the ocean, it terrifies me. Like all I can picture is, you know, being in a boat, the boat sinking, and now I'm stuck in the middle of this ocean and there's sharks everywhere. Right. (laughs) I mean, even, even like going off the beach somewhere, it's, it's one of those things that I, I just, I, I've, I've never done it. So it's, it's kind of scary for me, you know? And when we went on, we went on a, a fishing trip. And dude, I fell in love with it. Like I am obsessed with ocean sport fishing. Now I caught this, I caught a, you know, six foot shark. I mean, we caught all this tuna and all kinds of other stuff and went back to the, to the resort that we were staying, you know, they filleted it all up for us. And I got to, so because I'm a chef, I went to the hotel, you know, the resort that we're staying in and I was like, "Hey, I'm a chef, you know. Can I talk to the head chef?" And they were like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. No no problem." I mean, dude, I got to meet with this head chef for an hour and we planned so it was my wife and I, it was our anniversary. And so, um, like we planned this this entire meal. So I'm I'm talking to the chef. I'm like, I want to do this and want to do that and I was, you know, I want some I want some sashimi with this amberjack that I caught and I want all this kind of stuff, dude. It was the bomb. I mean, it was probably yeah. one of the best dinners that I've ever had. And I didn't even cook it. Like I just I planned it with the chef. And he, you know, him and his team prepared it all. And it was phenomenal. And so I was like, I was like, man, I was like, if I can do this myself, you know, and do other sport fishing trips, come on, that's awesome, right? I mean, yeah, so doing yeah. a whitetail thing would be sweet. <clears throat> yeah. I, mean, I never did the sport fishing thing till I think
0: maybe it was two years ago. Uh I had a buddy of ours that's done it quite a few times and he's like, Hey, I'm putting together this trip, um, bring a, a bunch of people. We're all going to pitch in and go. So we went and we rented a big old boat and we, he bought all, we all pitched in to buy the gear that we needed to do. So we did it nice. all ourselves out there and we got into tuna. We got mahi, um, you know, uh, that's just, awesome all, all the just and it's so fresh and so brought it back to the place we're staying i mean it definitely is not a cheap sport to do but
1: no oh not. man
0: it was so much fun and do you get yeah. do you get
1: seasick easy so so i wasn't sure so when we before you know like when we got there um we, we went down to the little you know shop or whatever and we bought the dramamine and all that kind of stuff and So I made sure that we uh, um, took Dramamine, and one of the things that we were told was like, okay, well, a lot of people will take Dramamine, but usually if they go out early in the morning, and this, for us, this trip was, I mean, we were out there before daylight, and, um, and so they were like, well, a lot of people will take Dramamine, but they won't eat any breakfast or some kind of a light breakfast, so they have nothing in their stomach. Well, that's not good either, right? I mean, especially when you've got Dramamine in your system. So, um, it, it, yeah, we did not get seasick. I mean, there were a couple times that the waves were kind of crazy, you know, and we were going pretty slow, so you're just <clears throat> bouncing up and down because you're reeling in some fish. But yeah, we didn't get sick. It was it was awesome. That's good. My <laughs> not to wife, say I will the next one, but you never know. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. wife absolutely loves
0: fishing. So nice. she loves the deep sea fish, and but she's she gets sick really easy oh. out there. So she's got a load of the drama. And last time she was all sick and. Um, Do you get sick? I didn't. Well, oh. the th- I, when I'm on the boat, I'm good. But when I get yeah. off the boat then I'm not good. Then I'm like in the shower, closing the eyes, washing up and falling over in the shower. Cause I think I'm still in the boat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. I gotta tell you, it was so, that was the first time I had been to Mexico. We went to Cancun and it was so hilarious because we get on this boat and I mean, super, super great people. We, uh, you know, had a guide and all that kind of stuff. And then there's a captain and, and, um, and so. I'm sitting down there and we're just kind of checking stuff out. And, and the captain, he was like, come, come up here to the, you know, top of the boat or whatever. I'm like, no, dude, I'm good. I'm just still trying to get my, get my boat legs and all that kind of stuff. He's like, No, come up here. And so he comes up. So, so then they start asking me like all kinds of football questions and I'm like, "Why are these guys asking me, I'm like, what is the deal? I'm like, I don't understand. So they thought I played NFL.
0: Yeah. There is a like,
1: Yeah, I was like I was like, what? I'm like, no, I, I was like, I don't play football. And they were like, Oh, you should. <laughs> I was like No, <laughs> no I shouldn't. <laughs> no, probably not. But um, yeah, it was it was pretty fun. I yeah, I totally totally love it. Um trying to plan a Hawaii trip at some point to go fishing in Hawaii because I think that would be fun.
0: Yeah, that'd be a blast. Yeah. I'm going in April and so there's a i'm trading out a hunt with a guy in april he's gonna take me uh deep sea fishing and hunting for those big uh sheep they got over there so nice
1: oh is I'm, that uh like the mouflon? is that mouflon sheep or
0: something? yeah yeah you got the mouflon sheep We right got spanish goat a couple of other breeds there too um that's cool man yeah we're gonna do some hunting and I if we have time we're gonna go out and deep sea fish but i'm gonna I'll kind of get the the lay of the land there, and maybe we, me, and you can go next next
1: year. So, so you said April, so that's like now, right around the corner. Yeah, like, like in a, a couple weeks or something. Yeah, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah, nice. Yeah.
0: But yeah, man. Um, what about you? What uh, what? All right, tell me about what's your most exciting hunt you got coming up this year.
1: Oh man! Um, well, the most exciting one that I know that's you know kind of locked in is my spring bear hunt in Idaho. I'm going uh, with some friends that um, from Switchback Outdoors. So um, really, you know, got entwined with those guys um, through different partnerships and just become great friends with them. Super cool people. Um, hung out with them and his uh, Ross's team. And uh, their families, you know, a few times, and um, yeah, just just great, really down to earth people. So I'm excited about that. We're going to be, uh, like I said, Northern Idaho, um, Hell's Canyon area, which is going to be pretty intense. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about that one. And then um, I, <laughs> fingers crossed, I I have the opportunity to um, draw my Colorado bighorn sheep tag, so it's like I'm I'm right on that that points standing list with the preference points uh, for a couple of the units that I put in for. So we'll see. Man, that would be epic. <laughs> that, it would be epic. I and I hate that word. I hate the word epic because I think it's overused and always used wrong. Because usually when people use it, it's not epic. <laughs> 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 you know, but this one this this one would be and um so i know we've talked about filming it and you know things like that to to capture all of it um and last year i found in one of the units uh way down in southern colorado i found two nice rams so a couple shooters down
0: there yeah you tied up they're still tied up waiting for you i won't
1: i won't say but I know (laughs) where they're at (laughs) it it, it won't take me it won't take me long to find them because I've been watching them for a while so yeah yeah all right so that's pretty much that's pretty much it for my big hunts I mean just the normal stuff you know some elk and uh deer hunts mule deer hunts and then take my other family members on their their hunts as well so I do a lot of that
0: yeah. yeah, I, I think yeah. I look yeah. the, almost <laughs> I do. like my big hunts is being able to take my daughter out and see the excitement on her face when she, you know, when we get into some animals and she gets all excited. know, that's probably, this is just as much fun for me as going on, you know, this year I'm going on a uh, archery moose hunt, you know, so. Really? Yeah, Canada. I didn't know that. Oh, that's awesome, dude! Holy
1: crap, that's cool. Yeah, wow. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that one. That's probably my number one for the year. Heck yeah! Oh my gosh, that would be yeah. That's that's cool. <laughs> but but you do some guiding too. Mm-hmm. Do you have any any cool hunts with that coming up? I I have an archery
0: hunting hunter that I'm got. Well, if he draws, he should draw. He should should have drawn the last couple of years, but we all know about point creep right now and what's kind of what's going on there. So, yeah, unfortunately yep. he has not drawn. I feel bad for him cause he's got plenty of points and, but he should draw this year. So I should take him out hunting. Um, we're going to do the first week of September if he draws. And I got a couple first rifle guys that I'm going to be uh, guiding. I, you know, I quote unquote guided my mom last year. Uh,
1: right. on a hunt. Yeah, that was that. Now that was, was awesome. I mean that was a great hunt, dude. I mean that was I mean to take your mom hunting, that's that's something pretty special. It was so special. I loved I loved that episode.
0: Yeah, thanks. It got it's definitely an emotional episode with both me and her and you know I and a
1: nice bull too.
0: Oh yeah, it was a good good bull. No nothing nothing crazy, but like super good looking bull. Yeah. Growing up I would hunt with my mom just as much as I would hunt with my dad and my uncle. So my mom loved hunting just as much, so, you know, as I, got cool. in, as I got into elk hunting, she uh, definitely would, piqued her interest. She's like, I want to do And she came up when she was my camp cook one year,
1: and she <laughs> loved
0: that, man. She loved it.
1: Yeah. I, I know we kind of, I know you and I and Gil kind of joked around with that about me coming up and just being the camp cook, but hey, whatever, I'll do it. <laughs> I mean, we would definitely get some good food out of it, but
0: you need to be doing some hunting, too. We'll take turns cooking.
1: That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? I totally I totally like that. I did a um I did a stint that I had some uh private clients that uh I cooked for them during some hunting seasons. And you know, they had uh the the place that we were at in um northern Colorado and, and Wyoming, um they had a guide service um as well. And so I did a bunch of their cooking and And it was, it was great. I mean, you know, green chili and burritos and biscuits and gravy and, you know, and then dinner and then dinner was like super high end. It was, I'd go out and fly fish. They had some stream, they have streams by their, by their property. And I'd go fly fishing and catch some trout and make some different appetizers and, like grouse, grouse appetizers. That was one of my favorites. Um, so yeah, man, I totally do it in a second. <laughs> I
0: I joke, but here's the truth: is the time my mom was a camp cook is the only time I gained weight
1: while I was out. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Hey, that's good though. It's all it's all hearty homemade mom meals, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. I I still have I still have favorites that my mom does. Like she came over the other day and was hanging out, and she's like, "Hey, she's like, I need some." I ran out of moose burger and and some bison. Can I get some? So you know, we go out to the freezer and grab a bunch. And I said, okay, so I'll give you some, but you have to make me pizza. So my mom, so my mom makes a, she has like this, and she's had it for a hundred years, but it's like this pan, and it's a deep dish pan. So she makes her own dough, and she makes, she used to make it with, I mean, she makes it with elk too, but now we have you know ground bison and ground moose. And so that it's my favorite thing that she makes. And so I'm like, you have to make me some moose pizza. And you know, it's it's just one of those things that, you know, I grew up with it and I don't know, I love it. Yeah, I didn't even think about wild bean pizza. Dude, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I could sit there and and you know, it's it's like it's deep dish. It's not this wimpy little thin crust, you know, tortilla sized crust type of thing. Yeah. I mean and that's fine you know I I've had some foo foo pizza or whatever but I I love that deep dish style pizza and it is it's amazing I could sit there and just pile it in all day Just okay so I'm cuz now you got me
0: wanting to make a wild game pizza so yeah, deep dish dough crust ground
1: yeah. wild game yeah, or so or... ground yeah ground um whatever ground elk you know venison mousse, whatever. Um, And then she does, so just like a normal pizza, you know, you like, you put the sauce down, you put the ground meat, and then she does um, mushrooms, and green peppers, and um, pepperoni, and then she'll do black olives on top, and then mozzarella cheese, and stick it in the oven, and and it just gets all bubbly, and thick, and hot, and yeah, (laughs) it's, it's awesome. (laughs)
0: yeah man you know what dude i've been doing some intermittent fasting where i don't eat till about noon and all we've done this whole time basically is talk about food and i'm so hungry
1: (laughs) i know right i know i'm thinking i'm like do i want to go make breakfast for my wife and i or do we want to go out and have breakfast right now? (laughs) (laughs) you know i i love i love to cook but sometimes i just love to be waited on you know and have a like we have we have a i live in a small kind of a small tight you know community here in western colorado and we have a, a place that i frequent and it's just like this you know it's it's old school country cooking i mean you know you get a lot of old timers in there and cuz they're coming in from you know the ranch and you know things like that cuz we live out in the, out in the country a bit and it's it's my favorite place to go cuz it's just it's it's like old school country diner you know, cooking and yeah, their chicken fried steak breakfast is. Oh yeah. Yeah. People give me crap about it all the time. Cause that's, that's my go-to. I like, I don't even have to tell the server when I walk in what, what I want. She just knows she's like, you want your usual today? I'm like, yes, ma'am. That'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as I, if I travel
0: off going hunting or whatever I'm doing, I love stopping at the small town diners because I grew up in a totally. small town in Nebraska. And yeah, the small town mom and pop diners that are the best, man.
1: They are Usually right.
0: the food are really good, but I just love the
1: people, man. Yeah, it's hanging out with the people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. You've probably you've probably been because uh, you came out to Colburn not yeah. too long ago, right? With with Gil. Yeah, you've probably been to the Colburn Cafe. It's we like didn't. There. I don't. We didn't stop in Colburn and eat or anything. Oh, oh, okay, uh, all, right. all right. I'll meet. Oh, oh, dude, their breakfast burritos are—I'm pretty sure their breakfast burritos weigh about five pounds. I mean, they are massive, but yeah, it, they're super good. Um, yeah, you should next time. Next time you're out this way, you should try it. It's—it's it's a pretty solid place.
0: I want to get out on the western slope more, man. Because
1: obviously, here in the
0: eastern slope, I'm not a big fan of the city, man. So we live out here in the country, but. Colorado is so big and has so many different types of just terrain and yeah you know, I love southern Colorado it's beautiful but I want to get out to the western slope more maybe do some fishing or some bird hunting with you guys or whatever you know
1: yeah it's it's kind of crazy because you know we live um I mean you know we're surrounded by mountains right here we're down in a valley and and you know every direction that we go except for west you know is some kind of mountain terrain whether it's red rocks you know on the national monument and you're in cedars and junipers and kind of desert Mm -hmm. terrain and then you know you go 45 minutes east and you're up in the pines and you know things like that so it's um you know and then you're at 10 10, 10,500 feet you know when you get up in that direction so it's just some cool You can you can cover a lot of different terrain real fast here in in western Colorado. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's got that deserty, more juniper kind of yeah, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. Colorado's awesome, man. I need to explore more of it. I just you know stay in my little bubble over here, and the only time I get out is when I go hunting or fishing. You Need to get out more.
1: Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool to I mean just explore different parts of the country, you know, and and hunt hunt different parts of the country, and that's kind of what you know because I travel for. For work and different things all the time I mean so you know I go to these different places and I'm like oh that'd be a cool place to go hunt and then you know I go hunt it and um you know so it's just kind of it's it I think to me for me it it uh builds um you know that experience and being able to hunt in different parts of the country and you know kind of always always evolving and learning um different things because you're in different different areas i mean like for here you know it's hard to hunt elk and cedars and junipers you know um there's just it's hard yeah i think yeah and i get caught up i don't want to go on the badass
0: uh, you know adventures so i'm going to canada i'm going to mexico me and you got to get to alaska here at some point right just badass experience but i i tend to forget that like colorado has got badass experiences right here in our home state. You
1: know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, except for we don't have the caribou and you know the Yukon <laughs> moose and the grizzly and yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hoping to make it to Alaska in September. So we we'll, that's kind of we'll see. Yeah besides running we'll here and guiding that archery
0: hunter, my September's pretty open. I'm kind of leaving it open just in case that Alaska thing comes in.
1: Yeah, so I um, yeah the you know the winter has been pretty harsh there. I mean, um, so it's it's really it's taken its toll on the Dole sheep population. To the, to the fact that in some areas they're talking about closing down some of the hunting, um, you know, or reducing the number of tags, uh, you know, for non-residents coming in to do Dole sheep hunting. So. It's one of those things that because of that, you know, there's kind of this this weird thing about whether um, you know, whether or not I'm gonna be able to go and caribou hunt or not. So we'll see. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah.
0: Well, guys, stay tuned. We got a whole bunch of cool stuff happening in between me and Matt. You know, it might be a cooking uh show adding on to Western Obsessions TV. Some other yeah. cool brands, some cool hunts. If you if you draw your big orange sheep tag, man, that's going to be super cool. <laughs> definitely
1: yeah. Be. Yeah. That one is, uh, that one's definitely a priority if I draw, which we'll know in, uh, like a couple months. So yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. know soon. Yeah. Well, Matt. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having. Thank you. As always, appreciate
0: with chatting with you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, guys, this is the Western Obsessions TV podcast. And I appreciate all of you guys listening. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for some more podcasts. Thanks. This is the Western Obsessions TV podcast, where hunting's not a hobby, it's an obsession.